What makes a house haunted? Cold spots? Creaking floors? Strange noises? Why do so many of us like the idea of a haunted house? Now, I'm not talking about the attractions that pop up annually around Halloween or the ghost houses in our favorite, you know, local attractions, amusement parks. And don't get me wrong, I love those. Lots of fun memories about all of those, but I'm talking about the things we see in scary movies, the hauntings of certain homes. What is it that makes a house haunted? You know, that's one of the things that I've thought about for a lot of my life because I like the idea of a haunted house. Um, It kind of takes me back to when I was younger. I had a bunch of my friends uh, sleeping over. And as we did, we told ghost stories during sleepovers. See who could scare the other person the most. And so we turned off all the lights except a couple of flashlights and one of my friends said something that really stuck with me. He said, well, you know how haunted houses are made. And we all kind of looked at him like, what? And he said, it's because houses have eyes that see and ears that hear. Now, granted, houses don't really have eyes and ears, but, you know, if you're like me, you watch all the ghost hunter, ghost adventure shows out there, and one of the things that the people on these shows always talk about is the idea of residual hauntings, and what that is, is it's just basically some sort of event that is replayed throughout time in a location and so wanting to know a little bit more about it and see you know what documented residual hauntings there have been I stumbled upon something that I found really interesting and it's called the stone tape theory and this is pulled right from the Wikipedia page but uh, the stone tape theory is the speculation that ghosts and hauntings are analogous to tape recordings that certain impressions during emotional or traumatic events can be projected in the form of energy having been recorded into their surroundings and replayed under certain conditions. And so that kind of makes sense with what my friend said is that houses have eyes and ears that if something really traumatic or horrible happens an imprint of that event is left where it happened and so this principle one is pretty creepy in and of itself and two it might be something that 
a lot of us have experienced, whether we know it or not. But I have this story that I've told a lot of people that has really stayed with me for about 25 years. And um, it's something that happened to me when I was working at a nursery here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And a lot of people played a part in this story. Um, It didn't just happen to me. It happened to a lot of people. I was in high school at the time, and I worked with people that were in college, some people that that was their career, and this particular story deals with me, a friend who was just a year older than me, and an older guy who had been working at this nursery for years, and that's just what he did. So sit back. This is a long story, and it's actually going to be spread over multiple episodes because it has a lot of parts to it spread over time. Anyway, sit back, and let's descend into purgatory together. So this story begins with me, Brian, the guy just a year older than me, and the older gentleman, let's just call him Doc. We uh, were all standing together one day at work, and the owner comes down and says to us, Hey, I need you three to go over and clean out the house across the street. We're going to be using it for storage. Well, we never had really put much thought into this house. We didn't really know that it was occupied. And it had a big storage lot behind it that was fenced off and, you know, used for storage of the trucks and fertilizers and that sort of thing. So we didn't give it much thought. But the owner asked us to go over and clean out the house because we were going to be using it. And we uh, kind of asked him, well, what needs to be cleaned out? He said, well, there were some tenants there before. And uh, they had been, um, I guess, had moved on. And so we, uh, we went across the street and op- unlocked the door, went in. Um, the upstairs looked like it had been re- recently remodeled. Uh, the carpets were new, fresh coats of paint on the wall. And there was nothing to clean in the top uh, floor. So we walked over towards the basement door, which was closed. And when we opened it, we looked down and it got darker as the stairs descended. And on the sides of the stairs were walls. So you couldn't see into the basement until you got to the very bottom of it. But the stairway went down into the middle of the basement so you could actually walk behind the stairs. 
and the stairs were old wooden planks that were really worn in the middle where you could see a lot of people um, had gone up and down almost in the exact same spot. It was cold downstairs. It was unfinished, so the floor was concrete. The walls were concrete. And there were just a few windows uh, right at ground level that didn't offer much light. As we got to the bottom of the stairs, we looked to our left, and there was a wine cellar. And a couple other storage rooms that were just full of broken furniture and random garbage that were just covered in spider webs and you could actually see the spiders uh, crawling on it. I hate spiders and I think Brian and Doc both did too and as we looked around we noticed there were needles and razor blades on the ground which we thought was really odd and so we said you know we're not touching anything down here uh, until we go get our gloves on. So we went back over and got our industrial uh, gloves on and went back over and went back down into the basement. There was random things just thrown about the basement, but over in the corner opposite of the fruit, the wine cellar rather, uh, was a room that had been built. And you could tell it wasn't really supposed to be there. But what we found was odd were the walls on the outside were painted black and there was a padlock on the door. And we're like, well, what are we going to do? The The door is locked. We, so we looked around for a key, couldn't find anything. So Doc says, well, don't worry about it, guys. I got this. And he walks over to the door and with a big kick breaks the door off its hinges just kicks it in lock goes flying and the door swings open with a big thud as it hits the wall well what's interesting at this point was that we all stood there in the doorway just looking into this room now, what was so strange is the room was pitch black. You couldn't see inside of it, really. And just judging from looking on the outside of it, it wasn't that big. But we couldn't see inside of it. We could just see shadows, and which was kind of really unsettling that we couldn't see what was really in this room. Anyway, we stood there for what seemed like an eternity... And me being in front of everybody, I just kind of poked my head in and noticed that the room was really cold and had a really unique smell to it. Um, it smelled like, I don't know, it smells like your hands after you've held a bunch of money. So like that cop that dirty metal copper smell. And I reached around and on the side of the wall I could feel a light switch and so I flipped it on and the room became illuminated and there was a single light bulb hanging from the ceiling suspended by some exposed wires so really safe but nothing could have prepared us for what we saw in that room now 
when I was younger, my mom loved the movie Amadeus. And so just because of it, I, I watched it. And I don't know if you've seen it, but the opening scene is these two gentlemen standing outside this locked room. And on the inside is uh, the musician Salieri. And he is going through something. You can hear things falling over. And these gentlemen are trying to get in the room because they're watching out for him. And then you hear this thud and a, a scream. So the gentlemen kick open the door. And as soon as that door is opened, there's this music piece. Uh, it's Mozart's Symphony Number no. 25 in G minor, uh, the first movement. And as that movie, as that music plays, they see Salieri, who has because of different things you should watch the movie it's a great one he's actually slit his throat with a razor and is bleeding all over so this music has this it made an imprint on me of this horrible revelation and if my life were a movie and this part was featured in it this music would have played in the background while me, Brian, and Doc were standing there. What we saw were walls that had been painted black. A mirror mounted to the ceiling. The windows were sprayed black, so no light could get in. To the right of where I was standing was a dentist's chair. And up on the opposing wall was another medical table, a birthing table that actually have the stirrups on it still. So there we stood, all three of us, in this doorway, just aghast at what we were seeing in front of us. And it felt like an eternity that we stood there and I just remember <clears throat> that smell in that room and the feeling that we all felt like all the happiness in the world was gone. There was a feeling of sadness, anger, and just an overall feeling of darkness in that room. And before I knew it, I could feel my shirt being tugged, pulling me out of that room. And I turned and I looked, and I saw Doc with this look on his face. Like he had just seen a ghost, and he was just shaking his head, pulling Brian and I out of the basement. And him just saying, nope, 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 we're out of here right now. I don't really remember leaving the house that day. 
I don't remember crossing the busy street. And I don't remember what we said to the owner. And I don't even know what happened after that. All I know is I went home that night. And honestly, it felt like I had forgot about it. But the next day, when I went back to work, Brian and I stood there together as we were helping a customer out. And we looked over at that house. And we thought to ourselves, you know, there's something so messed up about what what happened. And Brian looked over at me and he said, I don't know what I just saw yesterday, but... I'm going to always remember what I felt like when we opened that door and turned on that light. And then we really didn't talk about it. But all I knew is I wasn't ever going to go back over there. Because I had never felt before in my entire life what I had felt that day when we opened that door in the basement. The people that worked at this nursery started to call that house across the street purgatory. And it was funny because we did, we used it as storage. And every time it would come up that people needed to go over there and retrieve something or put something away, I would make myself scarce. As would Brian and Doc. And... It's funny because every time somebody would come back across the street from purgatory, they always had this look on their face like they had just walked through the scariest place on earth. And a couple of them shared some stories about it that we'll be visiting in the next couple episodes. <laughs>